Welcome to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be a resource to connect church and home by growing strong families. Hi, this is Bobby Cooley. On today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Jonathan McKee. Uh, On the show, we're going to have Joe Landy with us as we discuss with Jonathan several different topics. Specifically, he's got a new book that he just wrote on the four battles every young man must face. It's an incredible book. It's awesome. And uh, it's just a a really great conversation. We we talk a lot about the book and the battles that uh, young men face, but we also talk about how to just set up strategic conversations conversations with your kids uh, and how important it is to be mindful of that uh, and to really safeguard them um, and protect them from some things. So uh, it's really uh, interesting talking to him. He's got more resources uh, online you can check out as well as uh, check out more resources on the empoweredhomes.org. My name is Joe Landy. I'm the student pastor here at Kingsland Baptist Church in Katy, Texas. I'm joined by our adult discipleship pastor, Bobby Cooley, and he's going to introduce our guest today. Yeah, super excited about our guest today. We got Jonathan McKee. Uh, Jonathan is author over 20 books, including uh, the brand new Guy's Guide for Four Battles Every Young Man Must Face. Uh, He's also uh, written an Amazon bestseller, Guy's Guide to God, Girls, and the Phone in Their Pockets. uh, and for you parents, he wrote uh, an incredible book, If Parenting Had a Do-Over. Uh, he's got over 20 years of youth ministry experience, uh, speaks to parents and leaders uh, worldwide, also providing free resources, yes, free for parents on his website, thesourceforparents.com. Uh, Jonathan and his wife, Lori, live in Northern California. Jonathan, welcome to the pack- podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Glad we could have a welcome, conversation. Jonathan. Yeah. Hey, tell us just before we get going about yourself and your family. Oh man. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. Been in youth ministry, um, 25 plus years, um, actually started working parachurch ministry back in, uh, uh, with an organization called youth for Christ, um, reaching kids on campus, um, plugging them into the local church. And, and so it was really fun. I was actually working for the parachurch, volunteering for the church. Um, we started the source for youth ministry. Oh gosh, we're in our 17th year. Um, so, uh, for the last couple decades, mostly been speaking, traveling, writing. Um, and our whole goal is to put, um, resources in the hands of people on the front lines, parents, youth workers who are making an impact in the lives of young people. And so my wife and I actually, during this whole journey, raised our three kids. Our three kids are out of the home, just married off my youngest, last December wow. and she now lives with her husband uh in Tennessee and uh and the other two still here in California both uh several hundred miles away from us uh just hung out with my son last back on back in Mother's Day and and my daughter a couple weeks before that so we they're boomerang kids we sent them out and every once in a while they come back and visit you know, <laughs> that's cool. awesome though uh, but, that's but no it's fun. a fun fun journey uh and man the parenting journey can be tough today especially in a world with devices in the pocket. So it's, it's uh, a fun ministry being able to reach out and, and uh, help people. And, and it's funny, my, my middle girl, um, Alyssa, who's 23, going on 24 years old, um, works actually at Westmont Christian College in SoCal. 
um, she and I just signed a contract to write a uh, book together, and we're cool. going to be writing about um, face-to-face communication in a screen-to-screen world. So this wow, is that's ongoing awesome. dialogue with my own kids, and uh, it's kind of fun to have my young, you know, millennial. 20-something kid working with me on this journey. So that's yeah, kind of that's fun. awesome. Dude, that's Well, you're, you're so talking awesome. to two guys here who have young kids, Little. all under like 10, yeah. and I'm sure a bunch of our listeners and stuff, they have all types of ranges, man. So we're, we're looking forward to your wisdom here, bro. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. yeah. And wisdom just means I did all things wrong and went, whoops, <laughs> don't do that again. Okay, <laughs> so that's all it means. Yes. Well, you got a new book just came out this month. I want to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, the Guy's Guide to Four Battles Every Young Man Faces. Um, yeah. Why do you think this resonates the the guys got books that you have. Why, like, why do you think that that resonates with our, our young men today? Well, you know what? It, it's, it, it's really simply because they're very honest. They aren't Sunday school answers. And by yeah. that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's not just, you know, like it, it, young people are dealing with so much today. I mean, think about this. Mm-hmm. We live in a country where the average young person gets a smartphone at age 10. Yep. They spend over nine hours a day soaking in entertainment media and when they're not playing Fortnite or laughing at YouTube videos, you know, uh, they're scrolling through social media feeds and, and their heroes are, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and Drake, mm. you know? And so this is, this is, you know, they're kind of, they're growing up pretty fast and young people like this, uh, are, um, you know, seeing all these influences and, and they don't really want to be told, you know, by adults, you know, sex is bad or just say no to drugs. They, they, they want to know why, yeah. you know, and, and so that's what I do. I, I share the truth in bite-sized pieces so that they'll actually read it. And, um, you know, because cause I, I, I know when it comes to especially books for young guys, we, 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 know, we know the, we, you know, we, we know who's buying the books. It's mom and dad. It's right. grandma who's buying books. And they hand their kid, here you go, son, here's a book. Ah, oh, really? A book? You know, yeah. Yeah. do they have this on YouTube? Um, so it's funny uh, seeing this. You know, it's actually surprised everybody. My first guy's guidebook is literally my bestseller on Amazon. It's, it's going like gangbusters. And it's because when moms and dads actually hand this book to young guys, they try it and they actually go, oh, okay. I laughed. This is actually fun. And, and the cool thing is this is for youth workers. I mean, Joe knows mm. this well. Yep. This is, this is a good small group tool. This is a, um, Hey, I got a group of guys that I'm hanging out with this week. And, and, and man, we need to talk about real life. We need to talk about, you know, the way we treat others. We need to talk about that device in our pocket. We need to talk about these temptations that are there. So, um, both these guys, guys book basically served as kind of like this cool small group, you know, hey, read you know, read this chapter this week, and let's talk this over. And <laughs> I know some, I know some small group leaders that go, man, I, you know, to get my guys to even read it, he goes, you know, luckily these chapters are so short, we'll just sit there and we'll actually read right there. We'll read yeah, the chapter out loud and then talk about it. We'll read the chapter on, you know, on, on our my team's guide to social media. We'll read the Snapchat chapter and we'll talk about it. You know, so that's what I did. I just want to, I want to put resources in the hands of parents and youth workers that that open up these conversations and. uh it's kind of cool to see to see guys, um, you know, grasping on the truth in a world so comfortable with lies. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, why do you, I mean, talking about guys, I mean, we've, we have young men and uh, I got an email this morning actually about uh, two young men who's got a single mom and they're looking for a godly male influence. Like, why is it so important for us to kind of go after our young men today? Um, and and that, that's, the, you know, that's the greatest email in the world, man. I wish, I wish 
all of us got more emails like that. Lots of times the emails are like the triage, the, the hey, you know what, you know, the, the things I hear is like the parents come up after my workshop and they're, they're always like, you know, man, if I didn't limit my son's screen time, he'd play Xbox all night long. You know, you always yeah, hear the, yeah. the, I'm in trouble, help me. I love those emails where it's like, hey man, we've got a young man who wants to be discipled. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that's great. Those are the, those are the fun emails. But yeah, no, this is, you know, young men, um, it's crazy to see how distracted young men are right now. Um, there was, there was this, uh, I was writing an article for, for, um, uh, for a website a while back and, and it was talking about today's distracted young men. And, um, I actually, you know, was, was sharing some of the research and it was, it was fascinating. There was a Bloomberg article about today's young men and, and, you know, Bloomberg is all about, you know, the business world and finance and this and that. And I was talking about how our economy has really recovered and doing well and young women are thriving and, and graduating from college, getting good jobs, whatever. And the one thing, the one negative amidst literally the best job market we've had forever and all this different stuff is they're like, guys are lagging behind yeah. girls right now. Less guys going to college. I mean, you look at, you, you look at colleges, especially go to a Christian college, man. I mean, the, the college where my daughter works, it's two girls for every guy. Yeah. Grand Canyon University, it's like three girls. You know, it's 76 something percent female. I mean, and a lot of people are sitting around going, what's going on with guys? This Bloomberg article actually cited a study where they said, hey, man, there, there are two distractions that are lagging where we've got guys 25 years old still living with their parents, still not with a good job. And we see two factors, they said, this Bloomberg article, they said, weed and video games. Yeah. <laughs> and in wow. short, it's just kind of like we're seeing so many experts that are saying, hey, you know what? There's, you know, young men are just distracted. You know, their brain is still developing till 25 years old. And this is one of those things where we're, um, we're seeing less and less, you know, guys. I mean, you know, Joe in the youth ministry world, yep. you go to a student leadership conference. I teach at these things. I look out in the audience. Sometimes it's 70, 80% yep. female. Yep. And so there's some solid guys but there's also some very distracted guys. Right. And, and, and so this is one of those things that we as parents and youth leaders need to be proactive because, you know, I say, tell you in middle school, you see these guys kind of at this crossroads and, and they love video games and they love fun and they love to wrestle and they don't seem sometimes as serious as the girls. But you know what? Um, if, we, if we talk to these young men and if we engage them and if we wrestle on the floor with them and engage them in meaningful conversation about stuff that matters, um, these are the guys who can disciple and develop and mm -hmm. um, start talking about some of these distractions they're going to face um, before they start making, you know, some of these permanent decisions. Oh, yeah. And we can we can definitely get into a, a lot more of that. But that actually, you know, Jonathan, it actually leads me into this next question that, you know, you write about four kind of major battles you yeah. know, that the guys are going through. You mentioned a couple of them just a moment ago, but you mentioned sexual temptation, screens, controlled yeah. substances, and struggles with self-esteem. You know, why did you choose? I mean, those seem to be big four. I'm in student ministry for 10 years uh, full-time, and man, I'd have to agree with those four, What I, and even what I'm seeing right now. Uh, but why did you choose those four things, and, and what else are you seeing out there? Yeah, no, no, great question. And, and the main reason is, it's funny, when I was even when I was even writing this, every youth worker, I, cause you know, whenever I go into town and, and, and teach a parent workshop somewhere, whenever I hung out with the youth worker, I'd say, Hey, so today's guys, if there's going to be an issue today, what's it going to be? I said, I'm writing about four of them. What do you think they are? Right. And literally they'd hold up their hand and they'd start, you know, they'd hold up one finger and they'd be like, uh, sexual temptation. Yep. Um, 
playing video games all night long, um, smoking weed. And, and then sometimes the fourth one, you know, they did not, you know, what is a man today? Gender issues, you know, sometimes you get all kinds of different answers. So that one, we, we really kind of encompassed with this struggles with self-esteem and yeah, no, I came up with those because those are the, those are huge things. I, I know that if a parent comes up to me after, you know, after parent workshop and says, Hey, let me talk to you about my son. I could, I mean, I don't, but I could almost be like, wait, 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 let me guess, let me guess. Yeah. They play Fortnite all night long and you can't get them to stop, right. <laughs> you know, or right. you caught them looking at some pictures on their phone, right? You know, or, you know, I mean, I, I could just name it. I know it's going to be one of these issues. And, right. and so much of it comes down to, to this device because, I mean, and, and you guys are a little younger than me, but I mean, even you guys probably didn't grow up with a smartphone in your pocket. Nope. You, know, nope. you grew up with that other phone where, you know, texting was the yeah. big issue, you know, yeah. and me, you know, the only thing I grew up in, in my pocket was Lent, man. I grew up in the eighties, you know, and, but it's, but it's interesting because, you know, back, back when I grew up as a teenager, there was sexual temptation. I mean, but you know, it was going over to your friend's house and sneaking in his dad's bedroom in his dresser drawer and pulling out a Playboy magazine mm-hmm. or, you know, going to the liquor store. And when the, you know, store owner wasn't looking, reaching up to some high shelf and grabbing that one magazine and looking through that. I mean, that's, that's where pornography was. It was something you had to go seek where now it seeks out you. Mm-hmm. So, so the big difference and the issue that's happening today, um, the big, you know, this huge thing is accessibility. Yeah. Is what we have is we have increased accessibility, but we have decreased accountability. And what I mean by that is increased accessibility is obvious because every Wi-Fi signal, every cable is, you know, shooting these temptations right in the entry. I mean, they've, they've got Netflix at their fingertips. They've got, which, and Netflix is, is loaded with soft core and stuff, you know I mean? And it's not yeah. like that all Netflix is bad, just like all TV isn't bad. Right. But you can definitely find those corners where this stuff is. I mean, within two clicks, you can mm-hmm. be watching softcore porn. Um, I mean, Google, you can be watching hardcore porn, right. you know, within two clicks. Mm-hmm. All this is right in their pockets, and it follows them right into their bedroom. So with this increased accessibility, we also have decreased accountability because, um, you know, this is right there in their bedroom. This is in the bathroom with them. This is on the way to school. This is in the park by themselves. Right. So because of this you know, increased accessibility and decreased accountability uh, for us as youth workers and parents. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of parents, their first response when it comes to these kind of temptations is, I know, I've just got to get the perfect porn filters. Right. I've got to get the perfect okay. porn box. And so they, they often respond with wanting to increase, to tighten the grip and increase the boundaries. And, and boundaries are great. There's some very healthy boundaries. I talk with parents about those all the time. I, I think it's great to have some parental controls on your devices. But every expert out there knows that no matter how many parental controls you have on your devices, kid could still be in class and, and be texted a picture, airdrop the picture. And even if your kid doesn't have a device, what's going to stop your kid's friend from walking up to them and saying, hey, and holding out their device and saying, hey, check this out. I mean, this is the world we live in. Unless, right. unless we all have drones that fly above our kids' heads and zap our kids' friends, right. which I'm sure we could probably sell if we really wanted yeah, to. And, and but, John- uh, but, you know, that's, I mean, we need to actually equip our kids to make good decisions. Right. And so the best thing we can do is, alongside good boundaries, because boundaries are important, is bond with our kids connect with them, engage them in conversations and, and talk to them about the truth so that they'll recognize these lies when they see them. Right. And Jonathan, that's that's so good because that's one of the things I was going to say is I talk to a lot of parents and and it seems like we're always looking for that one silver bullet. Hey, what's the one thing that's going to change? And, and my conversations with parents is there's, there's, it's a, it's a multifaceted 
approach that you have to to uh, come to a multifaceted, complicated issue. The four things you yeah. talk about, those aren't over the night fixes. It's it's a multi. So the the boundaries with the phone is one thing, but like you just mentioned. Uh, uh, engaging your kids and talking to your kids. I mean, what what would be like your top three things, you know, that parents could prob- probably do or start doing even today uh, to help with the kids? One, one thing I, I've seen in students is when you, when you inspire them uh, to, to something more, to something better than what the world is offering them, that's part of the issue I, I've noticed. I don't know if you would add yeah. anything to that. Yeah, no, it, it's fun, it, you know, it, absolutely. And and when you think of, of and each kid's, of course, different, but sure. it's amazing how much, for example, this generation cares, and they actually do. It's funny, on one hand, you, you think they have this, you know, this stigma of, of being narcissistic and so much like, you know, it's about me, and I've just got to think of me, you know, just do you, you know, and, and, and there is that on one hand where we've kind of got this, kind of, you know, some people would even say this inherently selfish generation, but at the same time, no generation has served more than this generation. They've grown up where all their celebrity role models have always made a difference for homeless people or for horses or, or whatever, you know, so a lot of young people want to get out there and serve and they want to make a difference. And the cool thing about young believers who've, who've grown up, you know, knowing the Lord or, or who we can introduce to, uh, to Christ is, is they want to make a difference, and they can right. make an eternal difference in the life of someone else. So these are some of those fun opportunities where, you know, th- this inner desire for them to, to make their mark and make an impact. These are some great conversations we can have. But sadly, there's a lot of these life distractions mm. because even though they want to make a difference, even their celebrity role models, you know, who are out there, you know, making this difference, um, you know, kind of think – you know, sexual promiscuity is no big deal. You know, they think smoking weed is no big deal. So you think about the role models guys have in their pockets, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, look at the top music charts right now. You'll, you'll, you'll see so much Post Malone and, you know, and these guys and, and Post Malone, man, I mean, most of the songs, you know, uh, you know, it, the guy seems like a fun guy. He's, you know, likes to sit around, play video games, this and that. But, but, you know, it, it's, it's no, you know, no secret that the guy, you know, sings and raps a lot about smoking pot and about, you know, rolling with, you know, pulling out your gat and, 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 you know, you can even make the sound that you, that your gun makes as you're shooting other people and, and, you know, what he does with hose and this and that. I mean, he, this is, this is kind of the role models today. It's no big deal to joke about sleeping with hose and, and shooting others and, and, uh, you know, all this stuff. So this is, we got to talk about these issues and a lot of parents kind of, kind of avoid it. They think, let me just block that stuff out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, this is, it, it's hard to block it out. And, 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 it's, and it's hard because a lot of parents say they, they don't necessarily even understand how a lot of this works. I, I've, I've seen some of the brightest parents I know where they know technology, and there's almost this cockiness, um, kind of like, oh, no, I've, I've got it handled. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had yeah. dads tell me, I've got it handled. I've, I've got it blocked at the router level. And I've, I've, so there's no way the kids can even do that. And even if their friends are here, they can't even. And, and I remember just asking a dad like that, well, what if they just turn off their Wi-Fi and just use their, you know, AT&T or the Verizon service yeah. to yeah. access it? Yeah. And, and, and literally the guy was stumped. He was like, well, well, kids, you know, they, they don't want to use their uh, data. They, I'm, like, I'm like, dude, you know, no, no matter what <laughs> we do, I've seen parents take away their kids' phones. They see, well, we're not even going to have screens. And, and some of these parents, they still, their kids have an old iTouch. And they don't realize that their kid on their old iTouch you know, has those same apps on their iTouch, right. you know, and they're yeah, using, yeah. or uh, I've seen kids put 
literally their own accounts on their friends' phones and use them at school. You know, I mean, so this is, this is one of those things where not, not all kids are doing this, you know, but we need to talk with our kids about some yeah. of this stuff because most of our kids aren't locked in a cave. I talk at homeschool conventions with parents and I say, hey, you know, most, most of you guys, our kids are, you know, are, are, at, are at sports during the day, this kind of stuff. Well, well, what do you think the other kids are talking about in sports? I mean, we, we need to equip our kids. And, and one of the things I constantly tell parents is keep your eyes on the calendar because someday your kid is going to be 18 years old and they're going to be across the country in some college dorm, in some army barracks, and they're going to be making these decisions by themselves. They're not going to call you up and say, hey, mom, can I watch you know, the final season of Game of Thrones? No, they're going to make that decision by themselves. And the only question you can ask yourself is, have we equipped them yeah. for that day? Have we equipped them to make that decision? And so we need to, we need to you know, instill truth in them and have these conversations. And, and, and that, that's why I write this stuff. I, you yeah. know, when, when, when our daughters want to be on social media all the time, that's why I wrote the teen's guide to social media and mobile devices. Is It is this... It's what Doug Fields called the new phone contract for, for young people today. It's, it's the, the book you could say, hey, you, you want a phone? Okay, read this first because it talks about who you're connecting with, you know, uh, what are you posting, self-esteem, what are you streaming? I mean, it's, it's talking about the issues that a lot of parents go, well, I don't know phones. I don't know that. Well, here's a tool that where you can actually talk with your kids about these things because this yeah. is important stuff. This is, this is their world today. Yeah, and having those hard conversations is key. Like I know there's so much research and I think you even mentioned, uh, and, and one thing that I read from you about, uh, common sense media that, uh, even in the common sense media, if like the f- top five ways to block porn, the first paragraph says, even in these five things, you still have to have a conversation about porn with your kids. And so conversations, you can't avoid it. And we got to encourage our parents to have those conversations. And one of the things Joe uh, does really well with our parents, and I've seen them and and heard stories of helping parents um, not freak out. And so we've developed, if a kid comes to you, we've we've challenged parents and Joe uh, has challenged parents like, first 10 seconds are, are key. And so, uh, we call it the first 10 second principle of like, all right, when your kid comes to you, like you want your kids to come to you on their best day and their worst day. And if they come to you saying, Hey, I saw this online or whatever, or you catch them outright with those first 10 seconds are key. You have a phrase and I, I love it. And I want you to explain it. You say, don't overreact, interact. Could you just explain that a little bit? Yeah, I will. And, and, and kudos for the first 10 seconds. I like that. For me, it'd have to be the first 10 minutes because uh, after 10 seconds, <laughs> I'd blow it, it right there. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe yeah. the first 10 days, but, yeah. but no, that's good. I, li- I like that. And as a matter of fact, on the source for parents.com, um, there's an article right now that, um, uh, all about uh, young people and uh, pornography and, um, and uh, basically our sons and pornography and this temptation. And I talk about that very thing, and I, I and literally I say the first thing that we tend to do is is come in with all this. Well, I just got to have these porn blocks, and the first thing I talk about is basically: Are you a safe person yes. to talk to? Yeah, exactly. Are you a safe person? And and I a little challenge stretch is to think about this real quick. You know, is this one of those subjects where? you freak out. And I use those same words that yep. you just used, freak out. As a matter of fact, got to give kudos to Shanti Feldhand um, in her book for parents only. One thing she just keeps saying over and over again is don't freak out, don't freak out, don't mm-hmm. freak out. Um, I spend two chapters on it in my book, If I Had a Parenting Do-Over, talking about how when we freak out, um, we communicate to our kids, hey, 
you know, dad's not a safe person to talk to. Mom's not safe. I would never bring this up to mom or dad. And it's funny, whenever I talk with young people about sex, they come up and they go, hey, thanks for dialoguing with this. I'm like, hey, do you ever talk to your parents about it? And whenever I ask that question, the number one response I get when I ask today's church kids, have you talked with your parents about sex? The number one response I get is laughter, literally bursting out loud. I would never talk to my parents about this because hmm. then I know they would freak out and they would take away my phone. They would, you know, take away my Netflix. They would take away, you know, and, and, and they're like, I don't want that. So in a way, young people hmm. are kind of like, hey, I want to I wanna do this, but if I can do this without getting all my stuff taken away, yeah. this would be great because I know mom or dad would freak out. So yeah. yeah, the thing I always talk to parents about and, and, you know, whenever I do a parent workshop, I spend all this time talking about, okay, here's the apps young people are on, here's the music, and parents tend to see us like, oh, man, oh, no. And so I literally stop halfway through the parent workshop. I say, okay, right now, we're gonna, well, let's make a game plan for when we get home because if we go home and freak out, if we go home and say, okay, phones, yeah. now, give them to me. You know, and I better not find any Cardi B or Post Malone. You know? <laughs> and I say, I know that's the temptation, but I literally challenge parents to pray for days and I say make an appointment you know because usually I do my parent workshops on Sunday so I say um, make a family meeting at like you know Thursday Friday find a time where you guys can get together for pizza as a family and actually talk I said so you've had time to sleep about this yeah. because the tendency is to overreact and we need to turn our overreaction into interaction because most of the, the values that we can pass on to our kids are going to be passed on through conversation, not through our rules. Mm -hmm. So as important as it is to have fair, loving boundaries, and, and I encourage parents at these conversations to sit there and say, okay, let's talk about how can, you know, we want you guys to be able to be wise with your phones, and, you know, but we're, here's, some of the, here's some of the loving boundaries we're thinking about. One is we're not going to have phones in, in our bedrooms at night, you know, um, because here's the research, you know. <laughs> it's not, yes. nothing but trouble, but, you know, yeah. you can lay it all out. I lay it out in the parent workshop, you know, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to, have a free service for you where we charge your phones up for you and we're going to give you a brand new fresh charged phone in the morning. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just something we do as mom and dad, you know, uh, it's, it's a free, free service we provide, you know, and, and it's funny cause I've heard so many parents talk about like where they even had like a docking station, you know, um, downstairs in the kitchen or whatever and stories of their kids, yeah. you know, sneaking downstairs and getting that device and yeah. getting on it. Um, because of the almost addiction, the, the I've got to, you know, see this. And um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I joke with parents about this. I'm like, no, no, put that docking station right on your bed stand, right next to your bed, and then crush a light bulb right in front of it, right there on the wooden floor so that you can hear their little foot. Yeah, no. <laughs> like but, but, I mean, it literally, it's, it's one of those things that this, this is, you know, and, and loving boundaries. Yeah. You know, um, you know, along with some some amazing conversation about, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what you're posting, what you're streaming. We need to have these conversations, and and these four battles are four big areas we need to we need to conversate about. That's good, man. So good. Yeah. So switch, shifting gears. Uh, this one's just fun because I read this uh, in another book that you have that's coming out with with Doug Fields, Parenting in a Screen Saturated Culture. Uh, this is not, I mean, it is, but um, it's technology, it's everything, but it's just one of your rules that you had at your house. Um, you had a rule or with your kids that you were going to have no rules by the age 17 and a half. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, yeah, no, that's something I talk yeah. about in that book with Doug, and I also yeah. talk about it in my book, If I Had a Parenting Do-Over. Yeah. I talk about that because that's something I didn't do with my oldest kids, and I, I, so when I got down, I didn't do it with my son, who's my oldest, and by the time my daughter 
was about halfway through high school. I'm like, man, this is, you know, because a lot of parents, they think, okay, I've got to have these rules. I've got to, you know, I've got to have this strict, I've got to raise them right. And we think that the answer to raise them right is more, you know, more right. discipline, more tighten that grip and, and save them from everything. And um, I said, man, again, this is one of those times where we got to keep our eyes on the calendar. And this shouldn't be just, you know, tight, 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 rules, 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 rules. And all of a sudden, you know, at age 18, set them free, you know, yeah, yeah. let them go, you know, for the first time ever, they're making choices right. for themselves. I've, I've never, I've never touched a phone in my life. Woohoo! Right. Look at all I got here. Yeah. You know, nobody's ever sat down with me and thought, Hey, let me think about who your friend in, what you're posting. We'd never had those conversations because the answer was always just no. The answer was always made up for me by mom and dad. I never had a choice on anything, you know? Uh, not, that's not a good way to parent and it doesn't work. We've, we've seen it not work. Right. So my whole goal was, Hey, I want to give my kids more freedom as they get older. And even though like my kids, they're middle school, they're like, dad, all my kids, all my, all my friends have phones, you know? And of course they didn't like the fact that, you know, I really knew the percentages. I'm like, Oh, actually correction. 78% of your friends have phones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work very well. But anyway, but it was, it was one of the things where, you know, all my friends have phones. Can't I have it? And I said, listen, I know you're in middle school. I know you think I'm the strictest dad in the world, but here's my goal. Yeah. My goal is by your senior year, you're going to have no rules. Wow. That's right. Basically, it gets easier and easier. My goal is to trust you and give you more and more, even though you're probably not going to get your first smartphone till high school, which, by the way, I still stand by that. Common Sense Media, Bill Gates, you name it, all the experts out there, they, with their own kids, waited till high school wow. to give their kids a smartphone, usually 14 years old. They wait till at least 13 years old for social media, which is a no-brainer because, and I talk about this all the time in, in my books and my parent workshops, you can't even get on Snapchat, Instagram, or Twitter, or any of these without TikTok, I mean, name it, yeah. without lying about your age if you're 11 or a 12 year old you have to be 13 years old according to yeah. the ftc's copa the yeah. child online privacy protection act if you try to sign up for snapchat and you're 11 years old it says enter your birth date and if you enter it in it'll be like oh i'm sorry you're not old enough yeah. so what do kids do they lie, they lie. i mean uh, so many uh, you know joe ask uh, your middle yeah. school kids any middle school kid there that's under 13 with a phone they've lied about their age so i mean this is a no-brainer for parents where we can have these loving guardrails and say hey you know what no the, the answer isn't no it's not yet. You know, we're not denying gotcha. them a device. We're delaying a device. And I'm a big advocate of that. And I told my kids, I said, it might seem strict now, but you're going to get a device. You're going to learn how to use it. And the older you get, the more freedom you're going to have to get more of these apps and make these choices on your own. In fact, your senior year, you're going to have no rules. And they literally, they were kind of like, okay, that's cool. And they, they kind of held out. Yeah. And sure enough, they did start to see when they were 14, they got, you know, more choices. When they were 15, they would come and say, can I go see this movie? I'm like, I don't know. Can you? Tell me, what do you think? You know, and I, I started letting them kind of try to choose some of this. And I still had veto power, but I honestly, at their senior year, they'd come and they'd say, can I do this? I said, well, you make the choice. And my logic was that, hey, yeah. why is it, you know, when all of a sudden when they're out of the house, when they're 18 years old, they're across the country making these decisions on their own for the first time, why not them making decisions for their last year in my house? Right. You know, where if they make a mistake, maybe I'm there to help pick them up. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and so, and and it worked amazing. That's so it really good. did because I, I mean, literally, it was it was it was kind of experimental. I was like, let's try this, and and made, and luckily enough, my my girls are amazing. But it was uh, my you know my youngest, especially who, who who got the most benefit from it. 
she remembers she would she'd come to my senior year, you know, her senior year, and she would be like, "Hey, Dad, can I go here?" I'm like, "I don't know, can you?" You know, and they ended up asking me more advice than permission. They'd be like, I'm thinking of going here. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know. And we'd, we'd talk. We'd have conversations about it. And you know what? It was the exact same thing she was doing the next year at college. And my youngest ended up going to Europe semester and being in 13 different countries in one semester. So she's in, you know, from, from Ireland to Amsterdam to whatever with a bunch of kids making all kinds of decisions. And it was funny because she'd be on the phone with me. She's like, hey, we're going here and, you know, we're going to go do this. And even... Her friends are like, who are you talking to? She's on my dad. They're like, really? <laughs> You're talking to your dad? Because she was just used to, you know, having the freedom to make these choices. That's awesome. And, um, you know, it's, I, as parents, don't fool ourselves. Don't think that we're going to be controlling our kids when they're 20 years old. Mm. We aren't. Yeah. They're going to be making these decisions on their own, and we need to equip them for that day. Dude, so fascinating. Like, as a dad of young kids right now, I'm just thinking – that's incredible. Like just to be able to say, you know, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a no now, but it's a yes coming. So yeah, yeah. it's not, it's yeah. not, it's not a no, it's a not yet. It's a not yet. And, and yeah, when, yeah. Your, kids, when so your kids are young, it's tough yeah. because you know, if you, if either of you got, do either of you guys have a 10 or a 12 year old or are they really younger than that? I got seven. I got a nine year old. Yeah. You got one. Yep. Oh. And yeah. Two and well, and, and we live in a world where the average kid gets a phone at literally 10.3 yep. years old. So even your nine-year-old yep. has, uh, you know, is is at school where other kids got devices, and and even our and it's funny how many parents were like, oh, my kids don't have a phone, yeah. so they just have an iTouch, you know, or 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 an iPad, or whatever. Yeah. Well, well, that's all the same stuff except for the phone part, you know. And so if we are not, you know, noticing and saying, hey, you know, like we we better have passwords, and the kids better not, you know, yeah. we better not just be using our birth date for passwords because a nine and ten-year-old doesn't know how to navigate that world. Yeah. And it's scary. I mean, I, you know, I, I deal with this all the time. I, I go and I do school assemblies and I'll talk with, and a principal will come up in a middle school campus and I'll be like, so tell me what, what, what's, what's been happening recently? And story after story of, and sadly, most, the, the, the most common story is guy puts pressure on young girl to mm. send a nude or a sexy pic. Mm. Girl finally sends that sexy pic. Um, when they finally break up a week later, a month later, a year later, guy passes that pick all over the place. Then girl doesn't even want to go to school anymore because everybody's looking at her laughing. And it, this happens yeah. all the time. And, 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 and very often the kids will be like, well, I thought those pictures disappeared, you know, cause they just didn't have good information. Yeah. They didn't think before they posted. No one talked to them about, cause their role models do this stuff, you yeah. know, yep, and yep. think it's no big deal. I mean, also, and any parent that goes and listens to any Cardi B song or Nicki Minaj song or any of the stuff that, that you know, stuff where I'm talking stuff in the top 10 and hear what they're talking about. Well, yeah, that this is, I, isn't this the natural thing to do? Maybe I should do that too. So we need to have conversations with them. That's why when I talk with guys about sexual temptation, you know, I actually even take one of the chapters where I just, I, I take a song. It's a Cardi B, uh, a Cardi B song basically. And, and it's where uh, she and a couple other guys were, were in this rap and they're, they're talking about one night stands. And I, and I basically say, okay, let's look at this song. Is it, is this true? Is it okay to have, you know, this many hundred one night stands? Is it no big deal? So I quote the G easy lyrics of, I had 300 one night stands. I keep a Costco pack of condoms on my nightstand. And I sit there and go, okay, well, let's, let's play this out. Hmm. If you used a condom every time you had a one night stand, 
Let's look at the back of this box here on the condom. It says 98% effective against teen pregnancy. Okay, so if you're 98% effective against teen pregnancy and you have 300 one-night stands in one year, <laughs> how many statistically yeah. girls is GEZ going to get pregnant? You know, and I love yeah. it. I do this at school assemblies and all the mass kids are like, six. I'm like, <laughs> yes, correct. Statistically, GEZ now has to pay child support for six women <laughs> per wow. year. Now, how does this affect GEZ's budget? No, I don't go there. Yeah, but, yeah. but the thing yeah. is, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing just talking about this. I take them to the CDC webpage and I say, okay, now let's talk about STDs. You know, because again, every, you know, every voice coming through their, their cool ear pods, you know, uh, is saying, hey, just do it. It's fun. Who cares? You know, just have fun with it. And none of them are talking about, you know, oh, and be careful. You know, I mean, the, wow. the, the yeah. most, the, 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 the only condom message I heard in top music is either I didn't even use a condom or I keep a pack of condoms as I'm having 300 when I stand. So I explore that with the kids and I go, well, how, you know, how much will this protect you? We talk about diseases like HPV, which condoms, you know, Aren't, aren't super good at preventing, and I'm and I'm I'm very honest with them. I'm like, hey, condoms are disaffected with this, this, and we, you know, again, straight off the CDC webpage. But you know, uh, this, these are the conversations that moms and dads sometimes don't navigate because they think I'm afraid, I'm afraid of giving them too much information because they're going to start thinking about it. Yeah. You know, if your if your kid's yeah. got a set of headphones, they're already um, they're already hearing it. You know, but they're hearing lies. Where are they going to hear the truth? That's right. And I man. promise you that opening up God's word. And open up to passages like Proverbs 5, where you talk about what marriage does look like and what God's gift of sex does look like and what being distracted by other women um, looks like. These are the conversations we need to have with our kids. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. Just spot on. We, we want to encourage parents to just talk with our kids. And I know it sounds so simple and so easy. I know it's hard, um, but yeah. man, having meaningful conversations is what matters. You can't just put up filters or, or put up rules and restrictions. You got to talk about this stuff with your yeah. kids. And, 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 and yeah. it is. And a lot of parents are like, well, I don't even know where to begin. And, and that's why I try to write these resources. Yeah. This is, my goal is that a book like this guy's guide to four battles will open up this dialogue, you know, and you could just yeah. hand it to your kid and say, read it. But we, we know how that works. Yeah. You know, the best thing to do is for a dad to say, Hey, I'll tell you what, why don't you read this chapter, this chapter on smoking weed this week, or why don't you read this yeah. chapter on um, pornography this week? And uh, let's go to breakfast. Let's talk about it. I love and it. It's man. got discussion questions at the end of the chapter. So, so good. The parent knows how to ask and say, what do you think about this? So, so good. Jonathan, man, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, you know, You've written a ton of books, this book for sure. Uh, all our parents listening, uh, especially with, with uh, young men in your home, oh, man, go grab this book. It's a great resource. It'll be on our description uh, for this podcast. Also, man, your website, thesourceforparents.com is so rich. There's so much good content there. Uh, parents, go on there. You could just There's a search bar. You can search and find some, uh, whatever you're, you're dealing with or whatever you're struggling with. It's a, it's a great resource for, for parents. Um, man, thank you so much for, for your your time today and thanks for for being on the show man hey man my, my pleasure great conversation yeah appreciate it, love it love it man all right i do this with with everybody i every guest we have um parents are busy right they're gonna make uh excuses of why they don't read why they don't listen or whatever like uh, they're they got a lot going on i get it I'm, i am a parent like so yeah. if they listen to this whole podcast and they don't pick up any of your books. They don't pick up anything. Like what's the one thing 
that you that parents can do? What's the one piece of of advice that parents can do today to impact their kids? Yeah, I would say seek out that bonding time with your kid. In other words, maybe for once, um, look for that opportunity where instead of correcting, um, if you see your kid playing video game for too long, instead of saying, hey, your video game hours are up, um, sit down next to them and say, hey, cool sword, can I play? And sit down and play wow. with them. Look for an interaction time. Find something they like doing. If there's a certain burger they like or certain fries, say, hey, let's go grab some of those French fries. Find one of those settings where your kids open up and seek out those settings and look for an opportunity to just connect and bond with your kid. Those are the times that once your kids are out of the house, you look back and go, man, I wish I would have had more of those. Man, that's so good. Good. So parents, look for those opportunities. Find those times. Sit down uh, with your kids. I know it's, it's so strange that we have to tell parents to do that, but it's a good reminder for all of us. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. For more content and information to connect church and home, please visit empoweredhomes.org.